Welcome back to Off the Table Gaming. Uh, and we do have an On the Table Gaming episode coming up featuring some special guests. So stay tuned for that later this week. But for now, Heather, thank you for joining me. I'm super excited to talk about this most recent episode of Game of Thrones, episode two from season eight, titled A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. What were your initial thoughts about this episode? I know you weren't as big a fan of the first one. You gave it like a B rating. What do you think here? I think I liked this episode better, actually. It was another fan service episode, but I think it was much better done than the first episode. Like we almost could have had this one instead of episode one. Or like some combination of this in episode one, because I just, I thought, I know we're all waiting for like the battle of Winterfell, right? That's the episode everybody's waiting for. And there's a lot of buildup to that. But I thought that the moments that we saw in this episode were some real human connection moments that we don't often see in Game of Thrones. And I really... I know it's fan service, but I actually really appreciated some of those moments because it's going to make it all that more sad now when these characters all die. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like I got like a like an this is like an old school RPG episode. I felt like where you're at your save point. It's like towards the end of the game and you have to go around and talk to all the characters and like close up all the stories because, you know, after you like fight the boss, like that's it. The game's over. And it just felt like, you know, Especially when you started with Jamie, but kind of bouncing around, talking to Tyrion, et cetera. And then, like, everybody started pairing off, culminating in that epic, epic uh, fireplace with, you know, Tyrion and Brienne and Tormund and, and Podrick. I mean, that was just, that's going to be a very memorable scene. And it was such a simple scene. Yeah, and that's what I mean. There was a lot of those very human moments with this cast of characters who all are basically... This is their, they're feeling like this is the last, their last night on earth. Like this is their last night to live. And we close a lot of those, we get some closure on some of those arcs that have been building since the beginning. And I think that's very satisfying. You know, any, any things that stood out from this episode? I mean, for me, I think right off the bat when Jamie walks in and he's like kind of on trial and they're going back and forth. There's some zingers in the beginning. I thought it started off, you know, there was some comedy almost worked in there. Uh, what was it? Brand's line, you know, oh, the things we do for love or something. And it's just like, and oh. just comes out with like the those lines that are so like everyone else. I would just want to know what are the people, what are those characters thinking? <laughs> because like Jamie obviously is like, uh, you know what happened. I know right. you know what happened. But no one else, is anyone else on the room like picking that up? Or is it just like, oh, that's Bran being a creepy weirdo again? Yeah, I don't know. I think this is all going over their head. Especially after you told me that story about how that actor oh, yeah. wears really thick glasses in real life, but he obviously doesn't wear them for the show and he doesn't wear contacts or anything that he's just like can't see in a lot of his scenes. Now I just have that in my mind when I'm watching him like dead eyed, staring and to space and it's like oh that's not just really good acting you literally you literally can't see actually i'm really starting to like brand this season he's what i'm with me. i think it was funny the first episode of him just like boom like being everywhere like bah, no one expects the brand and now uh now he's got some zingers and you know i just wish they cut away but i really wish i would have loved to have like Tyrion and brand like shooting the shit by the fire and and been a fly on the wall to hear what they might talk about. Yeah, I 
I'm a little upset they kind of skipped over that, but I guess it's because like, oh, we already know the story, so we don't need to like rehash it. But what do you think of Bran's plan to draw the Night King to him? I I feel like this plan is not a good plan. This is I, yeah. I, I I was surprised that no one else like objected to it. They're like, let's lure them into the God's Wood, and with his dragon, I'm assuming, and then. Theon volunteers with his like 20 men to kill him. And it's like, what is, you think it's gonna be that easy guys? Like there's no, that's it. That's the plan. Like that's all you're doing. You, I don't well, know. And the, let's, you know, we're putting all our eggs in one basket here of like, Oh, if we kill the night King, then we, you know, we basically essentially kill the rest of the army. What if that doesn't work? Yeah. I, 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 that's going to be the opening. I think just like he, the, the Night King flies over, just like torches them. And Theon's like, ah, I can't get you. You're on a dragon. Damn. For all these people that we have gathered together here who have been in so many different battles amongst all these different people, everybody, this plan is not a good plan. And nobody is like, hey, guys, maybe not the best military strategy. But is that the plan? Like, maybe I'm misinterpreting it, but was, is the plan to, because I always think of the Night King and like, and his dragon now. It is right there. Right. Going to try and lure him in there and get him to land, or is it? Oh no! Everyone on the outside is going to fight as long as they can, and if they die, and everyone dies when they finally get into the inside. I mean, they don't really somehow, address it other like, right, than it's, that he's going to land. That one line where they're talking about, well, basically, can we kill the Night King with dragon fire? And Bran is like, no one's ever tried before. So like, is their plan for Danny and right. John yeah. to like swoop in with their dragons and like fire burn the Night King? I don't know. I saw all those White Walkers with their ice javelins, and I was like, oh, that, that if they can throw like the Night King, that that's not gonna go well. And also, let's think about how all of the women and children are in the crypt. In the crypt. With the dead people with a person who can raise the dead like right. and they kept saying like oh man it's safe in the crypts like it's safe in the crypts like why, why do you keep saying it's safe in the crypts like definitely that makes not me... safe yeah like wait a second yeah uh, but i want to go on also you, before we get away from your metaphor there you said they bring all their eggs in one basket uh-huh uh -huh. And uh, I was thinking, you know, you, I think you're the one who got me that, that book, uh, A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, which is George R. R. Martin's story of Duncan Egg. And if you guys haven't read that, it's a really fun, it, it's like a classic, almost like Arthurian legend take. And it's about this hedge knight, or maybe you've known it under that title, the hedge knight, this hedge knight, uh, Sir Duncan the Tall, who takes around Aegon Targaryen. I'm not going to give away too much, but who they nickname Egg. And uh, and whom Jon Snow is named after. And that's the name of this episode. And you were kind of mentioning like, hey, there might be some theories that maybe somehow Brienne is connected to Sir Duncan the Tall. Whether or not that's true, the character archetype, it's like the exact same character. They just like gender switched it. So uh, I thought that was a really interesting connection. Yeah, I mean, this is just what I, I've read some stuff online saying that there's a possible ancestral connection between Duncan and Brienne, which if that's true, that is kind of really cool how they set that up because I don't feel like many people would pick up on the title of the episode and bring it around to, to that unless they're, you know, fans of the books. I, I think, I hope that it's not an actual connection because like I said, if you guys have read the books, uh, Duncan the Tall is a knight that doesn't fit in, and he's like not really a knight, and it's 
he's just really big and kind of clumsy and and you know Brienne is sort of like that already. I'm not saying she's clumsy, but you know she's sort of this outcast she's not knight. Clumsy, but she's a knight that doesn't fit. Right. Well, she and it's wasn't like, a knight until. But it's this like, episode, damn it, like, that's, actually, that's the same story. Um, but anyhow, I thought that was a cool that was a cool connection. And then of course now you know it may not be a reference to the book, but it I think it's a nice tie-in. But you know her becoming knighted, I think that was a really touching I mean, moment. I, I, I think Brienne was the winner of this episode, and I think that was the best to me that was the best scene of the whole episode i think if you're gonna if you told me what the scene was gonna be ahead of time i would have been like that seems really corny but i think it was just done so well and i loved that sort of like the love triangle well maybe it's not a love triangle if like not everyone's it gets a little (laughs) one-sided the the tormund jamie uh brianne love triangle in quotes but i i thought what was what i really appreciated was you know seeing tormund sort of out of his element telling his giant's babe story and drinking the milk, trying to be impressive, and like totally missing the mark. But then when she gets knighted, and Jamie is sort of having this moment with her, um, he doesn't act in any way sort of jealous. He's just like super supportive and like so happy for her. Tormund, you mean? Tormund is so happy for her. I mean, it, I think he's just there. Tormund is the character is there for like comedic effect in that respect. Like Brienne does not have any. There's not. The romantic feelings are only going in one direction. It's really that whole scene is more about that whole scene is more about Jamie and Brienne's character arcs and kind of closing those two loops between those two characters and their personal journeys and their journeys together. And I think those two actors did a tremendous job in that scene because as you alluded to before, it could have come off really cheesy but it didn't. It came off really touching. And like, I, I mean, one, I was, I'm a fan of Brienne. I've been rooting for her. I think she is one of the very few characters in this series who you could probably say has kept a pretty straight moral compass. Um, so the fact that she finally gets to be a knight and Jamie is the one to do it, I thought was really well done. Of course, now I'm like, oh, these two characters are definitely going to die because we've kind of got that satisfying arc closure. I would be surprised if either of them make it to the end of this series, but I feel satisfied with those with their arcs. Now, who's going to make it then? Who's who's going to get through this? Do you think Jamie and Brienne make it through and get to consummate their love? Oh, I mean, I don't think they have that kind of relationship. Um, I think I really think Brienne dies. I think that's why they gave us that moment with her being knighted. Like, I don't think she's going to make it. Jamie, I don't think he makes it to the end of the series. Whether or not he makes it through this battle, possibly. Um, maybe, he, but maybe he gets wounded and ends up dying. I, I don't know. I don't think he makes it to the end of the series, though. What about you? I don't know. I think I, I guess I'm going to probably say that I think most people outside the castle are going to die. You know, I do think there's probably something with the crypts. I think they've they've hammed up too much how it's like, oh, it's safe in there. It's safe in there. I, maybe there's yeah. going to be some sort of situation where they get attacked from behind and overwhelmed. Do you think everyone in the crypt dies? Because I think there's some people in there who have some plot armor that will uh, guard them from dying. So who do you think is going to have plot armor in the crypt? I think... I don't think Gilly dies. Why not? I don't think she does. I think that we haven't closed enough of that arc yet. 
I'm curious. I don't think Varys dies yet either. Um, only because I'm waiting for Melisandre to come back. Right. And because I think there's still something there because she kind of like alludes to her um, and him, you know, not making it back to their homelands that they die in Westeros, basically. But we don't know where she is. She hasn't made an appearance yet. Maybe she appears next episode somehow. Um, so I think Varys might still make it out uh alive from the crypts you think you know so mel saunders is out there rowing somewhere in her rowboat i mean i'm not sure but she obviously has to come back at some point and like i said i don't think Tyrion dies yet either i think he makes it through i don't know if he makes it to the end but i i don't think he dies yet you think the hound makes it he's gonna get his we want that clegane bull is that gonna ever ever happen if he gets uh zombified or is it gonna be zombie versus zombie (laughs) i mean that would be I think the only way that Clean Bowl happens. That I'm not sure. I think the Hound makes it. Same for uh, Barrick. I don't think they make it. I think I saw a lot of comments in the on the table of Discord uh, in the scene when they have the table set up with all their their battle plans, and I was like, oh, they play a Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game too, you know. Uh, but the the table is definitely stacked against them. All those Nights Watch squares laid out there. But it looks like they've got some like home alone contraptions going on, right? They've got like a bridge that pops up to be spikes. So I'm wondering, you know, what's this what's this battle gonna be like? Obviously, they're gonna have to be like falling back. And I wonder, is this going to be the final battle between humans and the dead? And then it switches to what political intrigue and who gets the throne? Or is this actually play out in some sort of like faint or it's not the main attack? or something in which it elongates this fight between the Night King and the forces of humankind. I think it's interesting because they certainly did make a point in this episode as well with that conversation between Sansa and Daenerys to remind us that this is not the end, necessarily the end game here after the Night King supposedly gets defeated. Uh, they still have Cersei and the Golden Company to contend with. And then after that, what happens to the North? Now, right. Sansa also doesn't know uh, that Jon Snow is uh, a Targaryen, which complicates even more what happens after we get past this battle. But they made a point of bringing that back up to us in this episode. So it makes me think that the Night King is not necessarily the end game here. That makes sense. You know, this next episode, we're going to have a lot to talk about because I feel like, you know, not everyone's going to make it. There goes Grey Worm. There goes maybe Jorah. Although I wonder, I think maybe Jorah makes it. I felt bad for him because they were pairing off all the characters and it was like, uh, you know, the Hound was sitting up there talking with, uh, who was the Hound speaking with? Beric. The Hound was sitting up there speaking with Beric. And uh, Tyrion pairs off with Bran eventually. Everyone's sort of talking in their groups. And then it's like Tormund and the landscape. Or not Tormund, sorry. Then it's like Jorah and the landscape. And he's just like out there. You know, that's it. He did get Heartsbane, though. He did. He did. At least he has a Valerian steel weapon. Because let's be honest, that would have been wasted on Samwell. What about the scene that everyone's talking about? Arya and Gendry. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I, you know, I, it's so weird because they put out a, like a thing on HBO the day before on their Twitter being like, by the time you're 18 in 
Westeros, like you should have had a pet and like done all these things. And they're obviously talking about Arya and it like killed somebody, have a list of people want to kill. And it was like, oh, they just put that in. I realized after the episode because it was like, hey, yeah, just remember, like she is 18. But like the show, she's 18. You mean? Yeah. In, the, in real life, Maisie Williams is like 22, 22 right? Right. Yeah. People are getting upset about that. But like, you know, Sansa gets raped. It or is like, awkward. It Tom, was. Uh, Tom and Baratheon is like sleeping with Cersei or something. Oh, and it's yeah. like. It's like he's 13 or something like and suddenly it's like, oh, no, Marjorie, like you mean Tom is uh, sleeping with Marjorie, uh, Marjorie, sorry, Tom is sleeping with Marjorie. And, and it's like, oh, no, but it's like, oh, this person wants to have like consen- consensual sex. And it's yeah. not OK. I think people were just thinking about how when she started the show, she was she was a child actor and now she's not. And I don't know what it was, but something I, that didn't bother me as much, like the age, because like I know the actress is over age, and they wouldn't put it in, um, otherwise. But that scene was weird. It was not. I know a lot of people like ship Arya and Gendry as like you know wanting them to be together, and I'm sure there's lots of people who are like, yay. But I was like, it seems odd. Like Arya and Gendry don't. I just I never thought of them as having any kind of like romantic relationship. And well, maybe was it was there any romance just in that scene? Arya wanting to be like, I might die. I want to have sex before I die. I know this person, like, he'll do it with me. <laughs> like if that's all it was meant to be, but it was just it was a little awkward. Well, I don't no know. Emo- it made me feel awkward. You know, well, there was no emotion to it at all. So she just like take your own bloody pants off, let's go. And it, you know, I think that was uh in in keeping with her character not being very emotional and i think it's look she's trying to have these experiences she's trying to be emotional but you know it's still through that aria lens maybe maybe i just yeah it was a scene that i could have it could have been in and that could have been out you know like i don't know that it added necessarily anything to her arc as a character you know it was kind of one of those scenes where i was like uh it was a you know we didn't need it but we'll see i'm excited for this next episode and uh, we will be on on the on the table Discord talking with people after the episode ends, and uh, let us know what you think. And boy, I am hotly anticipating it. So I, this week this weekend can't come fast enough. Extra long episode too. It's going to be the first of them, so that'll be something to talk about too. How does that format work? It sounds like it's going to be one giant battle, but you know we'll see. So thanks for listening. We've got a regular on the table gaming episode coming up this week. Stay tuned. We've got a special guest. And uh, we look forward to talking to you guys after the next episode.